everyone, and welcome to Book Solid. We're your hosts. I'm Soraya. And I'm India. And we are dropping in your feed with a bonus episode today. So as you may have known, according to our schedule and what we said in our last episode, our next episode was supposed to be on The Undoing. And just to be honest with you guys, The Undoing was our undoing. <laughs> um, we did that episode live on Twitch. It was our first Twitch um, stream. And we did run into a few technical difficulties. And so we spent this week trying to figure out how to kind of go about handling it. And um, basically what we're going to do is we're going to leave the Twitch stream up. So it is there if you would like to go see it. And you can find the link to our Twitch uh, in the show notes below. And unfortunately, we're not going to be able to upload it how we normally would, where it's available on podcast apps. So Twitch will be the only place that you can watch it. Um, And then also because of these technical difficulties, we had to rearrange our schedule a little bit. But we are coming back with our every other week setup. Our next episode will be on March 8th. It's going to be on the Midnight Library. And you can find our full schedule for the next month on our Discord, on Instagram, and at the link below as well. And so you can probably tell from the title what's going on. But, and while the the actual title is still pending, we're coming at you with the Book Solid Awards. Yeah, so we're just going to be talking about um, our books that we covered in the first season, chatting about, you know, what stuck out to us. And this is interesting because, you know, a couple of months have passed. So for us, you know, we're going through our notes and our brains and yeah, just thinking about all the material that we covered. So we really hope you enjoy today's episode. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, so we're going to jump right in and welcome everyone to these semi-annual <laughs> book solid awards as india said this is only going to be on books that we covered in season one we'll have another episode about season two once we wrap that up so first award goes to best male character oh and preface really quickly we didn't discuss this outside of the show we talked about what categories we wanted but we didn't tell each other our answers because we thought it might be more fun to see what each other picked um like without you know influence of opinion so just a little heads up <laughs> All right, best male character. Okay, so I went with Adam from Words on Bathroom Walls. I just felt like the character was really well written. Um, you know, we were dealing with high schoolers and teenagers, and so it was really refreshing to read a character who felt like, you know, he was actually a teenager. A lot of times I feel like with authors who are adults tackling YA characters, there's this tendency to make them like super smart and like super adult-like. Really which, precocious. Yeah, and then it comes off as like pretentious and like, we weren't acting like that, you know, <laughs> I wish, but that wasn't the case. And so, yeah, I felt like Adam was just a really compelling character. And um, I know, uh, Sarai, you mentioned this before we started recording, but and looking back in the characters, I was like struggling with this one. But then I or she was like, you know, we actually didn't really have a lot of male protagonists. Um, so maybe that's something going forward we can start to incorporate more of. But um, yeah, Adam was super cool. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so funny enough, I also chose Adam for best male character. He was just so, as India said, well written. He's really clever. He's sarcastic. I love me a sarcastic character. Um, and he was just I was really emotionally invested in his journey. And I think that just speaks to the writing of the character. You know, you're not going to care if the character is not well written. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I was really, I genuinely wanted the best for him. And, like, when he was going through difficult times, like, it made me feel really emotional and and upset for him. And so, 
yeah, like he, I could definitely, I'd want to hang out with him as a character right. outside of the book. And he just felt relatable and like, like you were saying, going through high school and being a teenager and even the way that he was coping with his diagnosis. And yeah, he was just a really likable character. Yeah. So with that, we have best female character. So, so like <laughs> back to your point of most of our books did feature female protagonists. So we had a lot to choose from. I had it narrowed down to two. And maybe after I say like my winner, I'll get into my runner up. But I'm going to go with Noemi from Mexican Gothic. She was so clever, so self-assured, just her confidence. Mm, I loved it. And her outfits, just chef's kiss. Like, <laughs> and she was just amazing. And so I loved her compassion for her cousin and her basically going to be her own knight in shining armor. Like she didn't need anybody to come rescue her. She was doing the rescuing. We love to see it. We love Noemi. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, funny enough, Noemi was definitely, um, I was torn between two, so I guess Noemi's like my runner-up for best female character, um, but I ended up going with Amira from Such a Fun Age, and I chose Amira just because I, honestly, I blinked on a lot of how I felt about Such a Fun Age outside of, I hate Kelly, he's trash, <laughs> um, <laughs> but in going back to my notes, I kept writing, um, that I felt so seen and represented in her character and in her voice. And just down to like the music she was listening to and the fact that she's in her 20s and she's trying to figure things out after college and the types of microaggressions she's dealing with. I was like, wow, like I feel so represented and so connected with this character. And I felt like I would potentially, I don't know about with Kelly, but like I could see myself in similar situations and even just, you know, trying to figure out bills and adulting. I'm like, wow, I feel this. And so yeah. I really resonated with Amir. But Noemi was badass, for sure, without that, a doubt. That's a good point about Amir. Like, I feel like, I know this isn't a category we had, but if we have most relatable, I would probably hands uh, down choose Amir. Because like you were saying, like, this is what she's going through very much mirrors, you know, what I'm going through in my own life right now. And that feeling of trying to figure it all out and figuring, you know, like feeling lost and what do I do? And yeah, so she was also a pretty uh, well-written character as well. So who's your runner up out of curiosity? So, okay. And again, there's been so much time that's passed since we read these. So I'm like, is that really how I feel? <laughs> but I was thinking Mia Warren from uh... Little Fires Everywhere. I loved her relationship, but book, book, book. <laughs> not show. <laughs> I really liked her relationship with Izzy. I liked her relationship with Pearl. And I feel like she was a really observant character. Like, I just like the way she interacted with people around her. And I think I talked about it a lot in that episode, but the gifts that she left for everybody when her and Pearl moved away mm. just like showed how observant she was. And I feel like she was, like, a genuinely good person. Like, she wanted... And, again, like, I don't know if I'm remembering every little detail <laughs> from the book, but, um, yeah. I just... I was drawn to her. She... I Something about her. That's a good one. I forgot all about Mia. Book Mia. Book Mia. <laughs> <laughs> Cannot stress that enough. Book Mia. <laughs> all right. So, moving on, we have Best Antagonist. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Oh, we had a lot of good mm -hmm. antagonists this season. This was hard. Um, but with this one, I went with my gut instinct. And I can't shake the visuals that come to mind when I think of this collective. I'm cheating. Uh, I'm just going to say I'm cheating on this one with my answer. And that is the Doyles from Mexican Gothic. <laughs> the, the entire family, collectively, as a unit. Um, 
absolutely not absolutely not (laughs) (laughs) um they're just like yeah i mean is that i i don't know again it has been a while like i could probably get it down to one person specifically the grandfather i forget his name in the book but like in terms of when you like rope in like the eugenics and like holding people captive and murder and like they're doing a lot they're really doing a lot it's crazy so indian and i always have this joke that we're like the same person (laughs) so i'm really i'm curious how many of our answers are going to be the same i also chose the (laughs) i couldn't remember their names so i just said the family of high place um but they were crazy like the stuff that was going on in this book like that book was so good and just how truly evil they are and they were just good villains. Like, yeah. there's no way around it. And so, yeah, I was like, I gotta go with that because <laughs> they, that was a whole other level. Yes. Shout out to, well, I don't know about shout out to the Doyles, but that's, that's funny. Wow. I didn't know. That's pretty obscure for us to pick the same one, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but up next, we have best plot development. So, best plot development. I chose House of Salt and Sorrows. Um, we mentioned this in the epi- the House of Salt and Sorrows episode, but I really did not see myself loving that book as much as I did. Mm-hmm. So good. If you haven't read it, do yourself a favor and read it. But I feel like it was very consistent in terms of like me being engaged. There was not a single moment of me reading that book where I felt like this is dragging on or can we get to the point or like feeling like it was like any kind of a chore to read it it was from the first page to the last page I was equally enamored with the entire thing and it kept me just wrapped up and it was I think one night I think it was during October when we're doing our spooktober series and we released six episodes that month so we had a lot of reading to do and I remember being worried because that book is on the I think it's like over 400 pages which is not terribly long but when you're trying to read a bunch of other books and record and stuff um so I remember being worried like oh, like, what if it feels like it's hard to get through? And it wasn't. Like, I flew through it, loved every piece of it. I actually want to reread it. So, <laughs> yeah. Cannot sing its praises enough. Yeah. Um, I just want to state this on air. This is not rigged, guys. We really didn't know each other's answers. Um, are we the same person? I don't know. Are, are we related? I don't know. But um, I also... <laughs> I also went with House of Salt and Sorrows for best plot development. I did have such a fun age as runner-up. But with House of Salt and Sorrows, I mean, you know, Soraya said it, like, really just... Like, I tried to think back to how I felt reading it. And like she said, um, page lengths, you know, sometimes it can make or break. Am I going to read this book? I'm just being honest. Like... <laughs> and especially the longer a book, the more pressure it is to yeah. have a really well done plot because longer books can have moments of like, this is dragging on. Exactly. And that's really important. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that because this also happens in films too. Like, just because a book is 700 pages, whatever pages, that doesn't mean it's good, right? Like, mm-hmm. you have to keep my interest for that much more time, you know? So it's almost easier to pop out a little 200 page book. Um, but yeah, it's like, okay, so you have the room to build character v- development and, you know, world building. Did you do that? And I felt like House of Sal- Salt and Sorrows absolutely did. I remember reaching a point where I'm like, I don't want this book to end. <laughs> when I was like a third of the way through and I was still, you know, page 300, still like, what is going to happen? I'm still like, 
you know, what is going on with this mystery. I'm still, um, and that's, that's really important too. Like this book was like a mystery thriller. So oftentimes with these mystery thrillers, I've started to notice that like, I get a, I get to a place where I'm like, you know what, this has been dragged out way too far. I don't care about who the killer is. Like, I just want this to end. <laughs> but I didn't get that sensation with this book. Like, I did want to know what was going on, but like, you know, it, it wasn't, um, it, it didn't like turn me away from the book. If anything, it made me more interested in it. Yeah, it had the perfect buildup to the perfect climax and the perfect resolution. Like, it, yes. the pacing was right on. And yeah, it was just, just to lead up to this amazing plot twist of a climax, and then it never felt like you were disappointed. Yeah. But I will say I had such a fun age as my runner up just because, again, I was going through those notes and I was like, <laughs> I was really uh, impressed by that ending and I didn't see it coming, how like things unfolded and, you know, with Kelly's character, how he goes on to be. I was like, wow, like I felt I felt changed after reading that. I was like, I, I wasn't expecting that. So mm. that was some good plot development going on. So for our next award, we have best plot twist. Okay, so with this one, we definitely had a lot of twists and turns. I, yeah, I kind of struggled with this one, but I settled on The Family Upstairs, and I just had to go with that one. Um, I, that's, you know what, I want to go back and listen to that episode, because I felt like we were both kind of like, what was going on? We were still reeling from the shock of the book being nothing like we thought. Yeah, <laughs> like, that book really threw me for, it threw me for a loop, but um, I, I really, I guess I enjoyed, like, I would say the middle of it, the ending, I still kind of feel away. I felt like things kind of wrapped up a little bit too quickly. But I will say it was commendable because, you know, I I kind of pride myself on being the type of person who can like suss out, you know, what's going to happen. And I, I couldn't. I absolutely did not see that happening. And so that one. Yeah. Yeah. That was something else. That book was, <laughs> if there was an award for like, least what I thought it was going to be. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like a I don't know, something. But yeah, that was like not at all what I thought it was going to be. Um, for me, for best plot twist, I said the guest list. Mm. And I went with that one only because, like you were saying, there was a lot of contenders for this. Family Upstairs, even House of Salt and Sorrows had a crazy plot yeah. twist. Um, but I went with the guest list because of the sheer volume of plot twists. It was like, twist, 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 twist. <laughs> like, yeah. Especially toward the ending, like, there was one big announcement drop, and then another drop, and another drop, and there was, like, four big twists. And like you said, I feel like I can usually tell, like, what's coming when it comes to, like, mysteries and thrillers. And I would say, like, maybe one or two of the twists wasn't that crazy. Yeah. But then, like, Aoife's brother, like, that stuff, that was, like, ooh, that got me. And so I was definitely... And I flew through the guest list. I think I read it in, like, less than 24 hours. <laughs> I, stay, I think I started reading it at, like, 8 at night and then stayed up and finished at, like, 2 in the morning or something like that. Mm -hmm. It was super good. You know, you're right. I forgot about the guest list. I was trying to remember, but I forgot about Aoife's brother and... Mm -hmm. Um, even the best man, I'm blanking on his oh, name. Oh, yeah. But that was like, oop. <laughs> that book was something else. Yeah. Best plot twist. Okay, so with that, we also have best setting. Best setting. So I chose Sultan from House of Sultan. <laughs> um, and I wouldn't even just say Sultan because they go to different places. And 
Erin A. Craig's writing, oh my gosh, can she paint a picture? Mm-hmm. And so every single place that they described in this book, I felt like I was there. I can see, even now, it's been months since I read it, I can crystal clear see what their manner looked like that they lived in or the, some of the balls they were going to or the like the parties they threw at their house like I can just see the costumes I can see the setting and I feel like that's true solely because of her writing and I yeah. wanted to be there on top of it like, <laughs> I see it I wanted to be there it was so beautiful and yeah that definitely like took my breath away so I also went with House of Sorrows <laughs> And, you know, I felt like this was pretty significant just because up until that point, I wasn't really reading a lot of fantasy or sci-fi books. Um, I remember a while ago we were talking about how, like, when we were in our teens, that genre dominated Mm -hmm. YA fiction. And so, you know, I... But even then, I felt like I wasn't really reading a lot of it for whatever reason. And so... You know, stepping into this book, I was like, I didn't really have any expectations. I was just like, I really hope I can connect. Because this is, you know, surreal to an extent. Like, we're getting out of just, you know, regular everyday environment. And it absolutely lived up to that. And just the fact that, like, I know in that episode, we were pulling from so many, like, media references. Because it just, it lended itself to that, you know? Like, I'm thinking about when they're going into these portals to, like, all these balls. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a treat. It, it was, was really it's, such, it's a treat. such a treat. It's such a treat. That's <laughs> the best way to describe it. Yes. 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 All right. So, moving from best setting, we have the big kahuna. <laughs> Actually, maybe should we save that one to the end? Since it's, like, the award. You know what? Okay. Yeah, let's save it. It's best book, if anyone's wondering. So <laughs> that will be the last award that we do. So best writing. Best writing. I decided to go with... This one was really tough for me. Like, super tough. Eh, I don't even know if I can pick one. I don't know if I can settle on one. I have I have two for this. Like, I have one I chose and then my, like, runner-up. But they're neck and neck for me yeah. personally. I have three. Okay, that's cool, that's cool. <laughs> but, um... Initially, like, my gut instinct from just going off of, like, what I remember, I went with When No One Is Watching. Just because with that book, that was one of the ones where, like, instantly I was intrigued by the writing style. Like, I'm like, this is really interesting. Like, I want to keep reading it. And I just felt, like, excited reading it. I I felt like the writing was charged. And it was very witty. Like, there's some lines in there where I'm like, I wish I thought of this. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is funny. And, um... Yeah, shout out Alyssa Cole. Um, But I also, our first two episodes, if y'all haven't checked them out, please do. Uh, Little Fires Everywhere and The Vanishing Half. I mean, just phenomenal writing. Mm -hmm. Um, Very, very interesting stuff. Like, I don't know. I... I, I don't have too much to say with both of those as to, like, why, but I just, just remember... Good. Yeah, it's just simply good, guys. It's good. Check it out. No. <laughs> I remember when reading both of those, like, and also in reviewing my notes, like, with those, I was highlighting a lot more. I was, like, you know, jotting down passages. There's, like, interesting metaphors going on that really helped to sell the stories, sell the world that we're in. Um, with Little Fires Everywhere, we're dealing with a lot of different families, and so it'd be 
easy to get lost in the sauce, but with Celestine's writing, um, it helped to really like draw boundaries in my mind. And then with The Vanishing Half, it's like a period piece to an extent. And then we're also, we're spanning like different decades. So I believe it starts in the 50s and then we kind of follow them all the way to the 90s. And so with that writing, even like in terms of the dialogue, the way the characters are speaking, I felt like it was really compelling because I bought it. Like each time I knew where we were at, I remembered. Um, that was one of my criticisms with one of the books. Um, for those who don't know, I, with normal people, when they were bouncing around in time, that kind of like threw me off a little bit. But with The Vanishing Half, for example, I felt like for the most part, I always knew when we were. Mm -hmm. And so I really appreciated that in the writing. Yeah, I, I would definitely have to agree. So my best writing, I think I'm going to give it to Little Fires Everywhere. Um, again, Celeste Ng, phenomenal writer. She has another book called Everything I Never Told You that was also incredibly well written. And it's just like, as I, I just remember reading Little Fires Everywhere and being like, this is a, an incredibly gifted writer. Like the imagery, like it just stuck out to me. And I was like, that is solid writing. Um, and just like you said, she had a ton of characters to write about and the way she could bring all of them to life and make them seem like real people is impressive. Um, my runner up was actually Normal People. Mm. Um, I That book was really interesting because when we first finished it, I remember being like, that's it. And then I kept thinking about it. And I just feel like it's the same thing I said in the Undoing episode where the book is more about the characters themselves and then what they go through is kind of the backdrop to that. Mm. Where I feel like sometimes it can be reversed, if that makes sense. Like, this was just a really deep look at these two characters and their relationship with each other. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there was just, like, little clever things that she said throughout it. Like, I was looking at my notes, and there was something that Marianne said about Connell that I thought was... She said, oh, he always gets what he wants and feels sorry for himself when what he wants doesn't make him happy. And it was just mm. like little character observations and things like that. I really enjoyed it. That's true. I forgot about normal people. I did jot down quite a few of those quotes. And yeah, it was it was interesting seeing through their characters. Like, I felt like um, I'm blinking on the author. Sally Rooney. Mm. Yeah. It was really interesting seeing, um, like, the way that she captured how they saw the life around them. It helped me to feel like I was there. So, definitely see your point on that one. Yeah. I just liked seeing their character growth and development through the book. Like, I feel like they were truly changed people by the time the book ended. Yeah. And with that, we now have best character. Okay. So... For best character, best overarching character, I think I'm going to stick with who I had it torn between for best male and best female. I think I'm going to... Noemi is going to edge out Adam, I think. Yeah, I'm going to go with Noemi. I just And for the reasons I said before, <laughs> like, she's just so... I don't even know if admirable is the right word, but, like, she just went and she got stuff done. And the situation she was in was absolutely insane. And for any person <laughs> to keep a level head while being... In the middle of something so crazy and horrendous, I have to applaud her for that. Yeah, I gotta give it to Noemi. Um, yeah. She's that good. <laughs> she, she really is. Like, she's that girl. Um, yeah, it's, and again, I feel like I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty critical of protagonists. I don't know why, but I, it's almost like they're guilty <laughs> and <laughs> innocent. Like, I'm looking for, I'm looking for flaws. I don't know why I do that, but it's just like, I don't know. It's it's kind of easy to mess up a protagonist. Like, 
it's easy to have i feel like i've read a lot of books with unlikable lead characters and that it just kind of like tanks the whole book but i felt like this definitely wasn't the case and it really just helped me to appreciate the story that much more and just the fact that she was very confident mm-hmm. and outspoken and especially for that time period. yeah that was not very it was frowned upon for women to be that way in that time period and so for her to be it anyway you know and right. be unapologetic about it right and we're getting that representation with like this you know badass latina lead like i just love it i love that <laughs> And the thing is, too, with you're saying with, like, protagonists, reading a lot of books with unlikable protagonists, I feel like a lot of authors, to me, with a protagonist, it should be show, don't tell. Mm-hmm. Like, show, okay, they're, they're courageous, show me they're courageous. They're intelligent, show me they're intelligent instead of just telling me because it feels way more authentic that way. Mm. And I feel like with Noemi, we were shown who she was very clearly. And it was consistent throughout the entire book. Like, she could talk the talk, but she could also walk the exactly. walk. <laughs> exactly. So moving on from best character, we have best supporting character. Yes. So with this one, I'm also going to take it back to where it's on bathroom walls. And I had to go with Adam's mom. Um, I just, (laughs) the only, the initial note that I wrote down after reading the book was that she's simply an angel. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just, I don't know. It was really heartwarming to read such a supportive character i felt like she was very empathetic with what adam was dealing with with his mental health and you know his um and dealing with his schizophrenia and yeah i just felt like the character was it also felt real because a lot of times when you know we have like the loving mom like it's just like is she real like is she human (laughs) but um yeah i felt like that was a well written well written supporting character Uh, yeah so for my best supporting character, I also chose Adam's mom. <laughs> um, just because, and we talked about it a lot in that episode too, is like her never making Adam feel, like she just knew exactly how to comfort him mm-hmm. in what he was going through, which I feel like is very difficult because, you know, what do you say? How do you, like, there's nothing that you can really say to make it better, but she somehow found the words and she did. And like, she felt real. Like you said, she wasn't absolutely perfect because nobody is, but she just seemed genuine she was kind she was caring um she was exactly what adam needed at this time in his life and what he'll need for his whole life i mean yeah yeah. it's a permanent job permanent (laughs) job yes Alrighty, and with that we're chugging along we've got best adaptation all right so for best adaptation i'm gonna go with normal people um that was just such As I mentioned, when we finished the book, at first we were kind of like tepid, and then I realized after we talked about it how much I really loved it, and I feel like it came to life beautifully. Um, So as you know, if you've read the book, it follows the relationship of Connell and Marianne, and a lot of their relationship is sexual, and so I was worried about bringing that to a show, like if it was going to feel kind of cheap or like... You know, when you're... Voyeuristic? Yes. When you're navigating like (laughs) sex scenes in a show, it can get not great really fast and so to me it always felt very genuine it felt like sally rooney was trying to convey a level of compassion and passion and love and lust and this like this complicated mix of emotions that they had for each other and in watching the show you could clearly see that and that their relationship also wasn't only about sex and like for example comparing the scenes in normal people to the scenes in bridgerton 
<laughs> yeah. To me, that just felt like gratuitous sex scenes. It didn't do anything for the plot. It felt very, like, cheap and just, like, for shock value or for the pleasure of the audience. Like, it didn't really tell me anything about the characters. Mm-hmm. But I feel like just the way Normal People was filmed, the the acting, it was just incredible. I loved it. I've never seen such, like, a tender depiction of love between two people. Can't say enough good things about it. So, yeah, for me, that would definitely be the best adaptation. Yeah, so coincidentally, (laughs) (laughs) I'm also going to have to go with normal people on this one. Now, I will, I have to say this. Um, So, low-key, after reading the book, I didn't really like it. I didn't. Um, But in talking with Soraya during that normal people episode, and actually say this, I feel like I've said this, like, a lot. Like, I've recalled this moment in another episode when talking about normal people. Um, but I grew to like it and talking about it and thinking about, like, like you said earlier, like, the writing, some really good stuff. Like, I highlighted quite a bit of passages. And um, I felt like after watching the show, I appreciated it that much more. Mm-hmm. The show was so good, guys. It's so good. <laughs> it's so, like... I love these characters so much. Yeah, and just like, I felt like the casting was really good. I love the cinematography. It was beautiful. Um, The score, hello, Frank Ocean. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) Like, it just really, it really helped to sell the story to me. And I have to say this, I just as a person, and like, I've never really been a fan of like gratuitous sex scenes. I think if you are going to handle that, of course, you can definitely have sex scenes in your shows and films. But a lot of times it's just not executed. Yeah. It's just really like, it's just cringy. It is. It it feels like, like pornography. It does. (laughs) (laughs) It does. It just, there's no romance or anything there. Yeah. And to be fair, it's not just like the sex scene it's this is writing in general right like anytime you're relying on certain tropes or just things that can read as a crutch so i'm like okay so is this a love story or is this just two people who are having sex for you know however long like what is this really about and, I, <laughs> and you know also this ooh, this might get me in trouble but to be fair this is i really enjoyed the show thoroughly enjoyed the show a binged it very quickly much too quickly but game of thrones like there are some scenes where i'm just, it just like, wasn't necessary yeah so it's because hbo they're like we can <laughs> so we may as well hbo be taking all the creative risks liberties um but yeah i have to say as someone who's very critical of these sex scenes I, I felt like it was handled very well in normal people, and that's something that's rare, especially now. And I felt like when I was younger, like, the standard has changed, like, which you can show on TV now, and especially with, like, streaming services and having, like, these premium... Because, like, when I was a kid, like, HBO was, like, a part of a package, and it you weren't really necessarily just, like, flip, flipping through the channel and seeing, like some explicit stuff unless you're on a channel you weren't supposed to be on (laughs) but um now it's a lot easier to like access this these types of things and so i just felt like yeah i felt like i there's so much levels to me appreciating normal people and the show definitely helped do that for me and i think i even in that episode i think i liked the show better than the book so definitely great check it out it's on hulu (laughs) yeah it's definitely one of the best adaptations i've ever seen for any book and i like you were saying i think what made it come to life so well is i bought the chemistry between them yeah i bought that these are two people in an incredibly complicated on and off relationship who 
love each other in a very complicated way. And like, I just, I bought everything they were going through. I bought their friendship. I bought their romance. I bought their sex. Like I bought all of it. Mm -hmm. It felt real to me. And I just feel like that's what's missing from a lot of other stories. Yeah. And you just reminded me. um, So earlier in this episode, I was saying how the, like the time structure was really throwing me off in the book and the show And again, I don't know if this is like Sally Rooney's fault because it's just a different medium. But I felt like in terms of like this um, non-linear timeline, it was a lot easier to like deal with that in the show because I'm like, okay, I can visually see like her hair is different or like, you know, the setting's different. Like they're not in, they're in Dublin now or wherever. And so um, I don't know, actually, I don't think they're in Dublin. Was I, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think at a point. I don't remember. (laughs) I don't know. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I really, like, it was just, things just clicked for whatever reason more for me in the show. And that setting and her, uh, Marianne's clothes. Serving looks. Ooh, yes. (laughs) It just all came together beautifully. Yeah. All right, so the final award, best book. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, this might not come as a shock, <laughs> given my responses to previous answers thus far. But for me, I'm going to have to go with House of Salt and Sorrows. Um, I was just thinking back to that episode. And honestly, like, I think I listened to it maybe like a couple months ago. I guess, wow, time time is flying. What That's is time? Scary. Time, is, time is an illusion. <laughs> like, d- yes. But um, I think, yeah, I just remember being, like, really excited. And I was very, like, jubilant. I don't think that's the word I'm looking for. But, yeah, I was just so excited with that book and just so, like, taken aback. Because I wasn't really expecting to like it that much. And I know we've talked about that. But, yeah. Yeah, big shock. Um, I also chose House of Salt and Sorrows. My runner-ups were Normal People and Mexican Gothic Mm. and Little Fires Everywhere. (laughs) But I think I'm just going to have to go with House of Salt and Sorrows. Like, when I think about that book, it, it... No other book on our list evokes that kind of emotion for me. Like, I sincerely wish I had never read it so I could go read it again yeah and experience it again and I wish it was a whole series I wish like I just want more of it I never wanted to it to end I didn't want to leave that world and it was so fascinating and honestly it made me think like like we were saying I didn't read a lot of fantasy books at all before this I just it wasn't a genre I never I ever reached for for some reason but this showed me like hey maybe this is what you need to be leaning towards because i enjoyed it so much and yeah it's i I feel like i have to give it to house of (laughs) sun sorrows it's just it's that good yeah and i I, you know i just remembered i'm pretty sure that like we disagreed on for the first or maybe not the first time i know like some of the feedback we've gotten is like as you guys can tell like we think pretty similarly when it comes to things. But I felt like that was a good episode because like we were really having like deep discussions, like because we were so invested in it, mm-hmm. we were analyzing all the angles, yeah. all the side meanings. And I think it, it had to do with the relationship between, uh, or like the main love relationship. Oh um, yeah, I was like yeah. soul. I was like a stan, and I was like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting, you know. Like we were able to have that dialogue about it, and yeah. Shout out to House of Salt and Sorrow. Shout out to Aaron A. Craig. 
So yeah, definitely if you haven't read it, please, please do. And also we would love to know what are your answers for these? If yeah. you read any of our books from season one or, you know, what, what were your answers? So feel free to go to our Discord. We're going to have like a whole channel dedicated to the Book Solid Awards. Alrighty, and we'll see you on our next episode with The Midnight Library. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today. If you like what you heard and want to stay in the loop, be sure to follow our Instagram and like our Facebook at BookSolid Podcast. You can also check out our Discord server where you can leave suggestions, engage in discussions, and take a deeper dive into our episodes. We'll have the links to all of our social media accounts in our episode show notes.